recording. Hello, welcome to the Catholic Cinema Crusade podcast. I'm Nick Olzik, uh, your host and head writer. I'm here with Violet, uh, my producer and editor. Today we're going to be doing something a little bit different, a little bit of a surprise for you, probably something we'll do uh, again in the future. Uh, this is our seventh episode, excuse me, eighth episode. So let's start with prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. Today we're just going to pray to the big mama herself, Mary. Uh, Mary, we offer this podcast to you and to use for God's glory. So please bring our prayers to the throne of your son, Jesus, and uh, help us in all that we do. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Be sure to like, subscribe, share the podcast, and I hope uh, you have a great day. And here we go. So for today, as I mentioned in the intro, we're going to do something a little bit different. So today we are reviewing the huge smash hit of the last weekend. No, not Oppenheimer. We're going to get to that, hopefully at some point. Um, but we're going to be talking about Barbie. Now, it's a little different today because my wonderful wife and producer, Violet, she saw uh, the film uh, last night with a friend. I have not actually seen the film, so instead of me going on about a movie I've never even seen before, uh, instead we're going to interview her and her experience. And I think this is um, a really good opportunity. It's something I've done before with Catholic Cinema Crusade with my reviews. So my wife wrote a review of her favorite film uh, for my website, which is a league of uh, their own. And first, just a little bit of context. Uh, of course, Barbie is one of the greatest toy brands in U.S. history. It has 70 years now of uh, producing the toys since the 1950s, uh, primarily first marketed as dolls for girls, and of course branching out from there. And they have had films before, but they've been primarily geared towards a much younger audience. They've been animated. They've been kind of straight-to-home movie or straight-to-streaming. But this is the first time we got a big budget, mainstream, Hollywood, live-action Barbie film. And there's a lot of discussion on the internet about uh, this film, about its positives, its negatives, its effect on the culture. It's one of these films that some people absolutely love and think is the greatest thing since sliced bread, and some people absolutely hate. Uh, ben Shapiro, The Daily Wire, very infamously now had a 45 minute-long podcast where he basically just trapped the film for 45 minutes, and then he lit a Barbie doll on fire. Uh, a bit dramatic, in my opinion. Now, I have not seen it, but my wife has, and I think that her opinion on this uh, as a woman and as somebody who's been involved in film her whole life as well is probably better than mine. Uh, I will probably see it at some point. So this is going to be kind of an interview-style thing. So, Violet, uh, why don't you briefly introduce yourself, since this is the first time you're appearing on the podcast. Uh, just tell us real quickly about your experience in film and what brought you here. Uh, my name is, yep, as my husband said, Violet Olzik. I uh, graduated from the film program at Cal State Long Beach. And uh, since then, I've just kind of done small stuff on the internet 
Um, probably one of the biggest productions I worked on when I was there is uh, this Steven Spielberg and the Return to Film School. I believe that's still on YouTube, so check it out if, if you haven't yet. And uh, yeah, I've been helping Nick with his reviews over the years. So haven't been professional too bit, you know, haven't been in Hollywood, but still kind of working on films and still kind of in the film universe. And when you were at film school, you mostly did, if I remember correctly, producing and script souping, right? That is correct, yes. Okay, all right. Um, okay, so since you saw the film and I did, why don't you very briefly explain the plot? Uh, you'll probably have to give some things away, but maybe not the big spoilers. So what is this film about? Because it's a doll. There's obviously not necessarily a story that goes with it, like a book. So, so what is the plot of Barbie? The... Basic plot, I'll try not to give away too many spoilers, but spoiler alert anyways, uh, there's Barbie Land and the real world, and Barbie Land is exactly how it sounds. It's Barbie toys, but the dolls are, you know, alive, and they're in their own little universe, and um, then uh, what the film refers to as stereotypical Barbie, she starts experiencing these, like, weird things start happening to her. And turns out it's because there's this rift between the real world and the Barbie land. So the, the hook, the quest, is to go and find the person who's playing with her uh, and, you know, figure out why this person is sad or, you know, whatever. Um, so that's basically the movie is Barbie land, quest to the real world, and try and help. The real girl. Okay. Now, as I hear that, there's several things that come to mind. I thought of the Truman Show. I thought of that whole uh, plot line in Doctor Who where there's like a rift in the universe or whatever. Is there anything that this from film or book history is like that you can think of? This kind of interplay between worlds? I am... Sure, there is. I'm not thinking of any at the moment. Um, it's not, I guess it's kind of like the Truman Show, but not really. Um, I want to say being John Malkovic. Okay, that might that's the closest thing I'm thinking of. Okay, now one of the as I was going through kind of reviews and looking at what other people said, one of the things that was hit many, many times is many people characterize this film as kind of style over substance, that every, even people who hated the film, like Ben Shapiro, all pretty much agree that it's a really beautiful film to look at. What was your experience of the mise-en-scene of this film? The costumes, the art direction, the music. Did they get the feel of Barbie right? Barbie Land, absolutely. Barbie Land and stereotypical Barbie, all the Barbies, all that was, yeah, absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it was really cool kind of seeing, um, you know, going through Barbie Land and seeing like the actual play sets that I haven't necessarily played with myself, but mm -hmm. I've seen on the store shelves. Uh, like they have Skipper's Playhouse or whatever. And like, I saw that, and I'm like, oh, I've seen that at the store. So that was kind of cool, seeing these toys being brought to life and then seeing original 
designs for Barbie's outfits and that oh that Corvette or the yeah the the car the pink Corvette, the pink Corvette oh so cool yeah okay now again style over substance one of the main criticisms even from people who really liked the film was that the scripts felt unpolished that it, it maybe needed a little bit more work there were a lot of plot holes was that your experience there were not as many plot holes as some reviewers made it sound like. Um, might have just been too bored to notice <laughs> that, like, hey, we filled in these plot holes here. Um, however, um, we do not find out exactly why this person was sad. Like, even even the next day, I'm like, feminism? Is that why she was sad? Like... The patriarch is she sad because of the patriarchy? So, like what? <laughs> we, so there's this big like okay, Barbie has to go find this real girl who's playing with her. Right. He's thinking about the Lego movie now, but we never do. We never meet this girl. We never figure out what what's going on in her head. We meet all. the girl, and like she kind of talks about what's going on with her, but you're still like it, that. That never really gets resolved. Okay. So. And then as far as like character development, the only, honestly, the only interesting character is Ken. Um, <laughs> he was my favorite character. I was rooting for him the whole movie and Barbie didn't make any sense. I didn't understand her motivations. And even like the dialogue, I think part of the humor was supposed to be like making fun of like stereotypes so even like barbie at one point like encounters um some construction workers who you know throw these what they think are clever lines at her and normally you would just kind of roll your eyes at that and walk away but barbie says something about a double entendre and it's kind of i think it's supposed to be funny mm -hmm. but it it's a clunky line and uh, I think, you know, they could have done something better with, so it, it kind of tries to do a lot of things. And so like the first half is really good when they're setting everything up, mm -hmm. but then the second half of the movie is kind of a mess. Okay. So you mentioned that you thought Ken was the best character played, of course, by Ryan Gosling. Um, he's been nominated for an Oscar several times now. Maybe he'll get one finally with this. Uh, there were some big names in here, Margot Robbie, no. Um, what was your like kind of run through who was really good in this who wasn't so good in this I think an underappreciated performance in this movie uh, was uh, Michael Sarah as Alan uh, he was another fantastic character um, and always a phenomenal actor um, unfortunately I don't think they gave Will Ferrell enough to work with I mean, he was kind of funny. I got some chuckles, but you know, no, not a lot of, I mean, I probably wouldn't have been laughing as much if I didn't have as much alcohol as I had, but um, yeah. yeah, I felt like uh, they could have given him more to, you know, Will Ferrell more to work with. Margot Robbie was fine. Um, one thing I did kind of like was uh, Helen Mirren was the narrator. Um, you know, she was good too. And, and, um, 
there was one point when they were talking about stereotypical Barbie being like the ideal Barbie, the ideal woman, and like Helen Mirren has like this line like, oh, note to the creators, if you're trying to make this point, you shouldn't have picked Margot Robbie. And it was really funny hearing that line after like the movie came out and there was like that huge thing online about Oh, she's only a Margot Robbie's only a seven. No, she's not. She's a ten. She's yeah. That's a ridiculous argument. She's always been gorgeous, and she's very talented too. Yeah, but, but her, I mean, stereotype like the actual like the actual Barbie doll stereotypical like no woman could actually in fact be those proportions. Um. So Margot Robbie, of course, is not going to have those proportions. But I I thought she was a fine stereotypical Barbie. Okay. So how would to sum this all up purely as a cinematic experience? You know, we'll get to the themes and to, you know, who's this for and you know, the culture and the religion like we always do, but purely as a work of cinematic art. How would you rate this? Are we using the scale of five yeah, reels? You can use the reels and then just kind of say what you think. Eh. Two to three reels. It was a lot of fun to watch. Okay. So now let's let's dive into kind of the meat of this. Of course, I mean, I I think we knew this even going into the trailer. I would say it was it had to deal with. This is something that people have been talking about with the Barbie line for decades. Deal with kind of this, you know, the feminine imagination. Who is Barbie? Well, you know, what does she say about women? You know, uh, not just in terms of look, but in terms of all these professions that she has. Is she a feminist? Is she not a feminist? What does that mean? You know, there's a lot of cloud of talk around this. So let's start with just some really basic definitions. So you're going into this, not just as a woman, but as somebody who has been in film and been in media and, you know, has also been involved in politics and run for office. So... Was this, in your opinion, a film that promoted a feminist philosophy, and what would that mean to you? It, uh, I would say the feminism lens through which the movie looks is uh, what is, I guess, commonly referred to as third wave feminism. It's the new feminism, um, but it also goes back to... Um, you know, the early writings of the early feminists, um, the famous line, a man needs a woman like a fish needs a bicycle. It's very much that attitude. Okay. So I've heard, and, and again, I haven't seen the film, but some say this is very much a traditional feminist film in the vein of, say, Thelma and Louise, or, you know, um, you know, kind of this classic, Rosie the Riveter style, um, you know, that sort of thing. And then others have said, no, 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 this is a very slight parody or critique of an over-feminist culture and that maybe we as women need to dial back a bit and reassess what we mean when we talk about women's rights and feminism. Do you think either of those is true or, or what's your take on that? Is this kind of very much embracing feminism or is this more complicated? Um, it's, it's definitely more complicated. It, it 
definitely tried to make fun of some things. Um, like I said, it was definitely a comedy, so it was it was fun, and you know, it definitely seems like I, like I said, there was that thing with the double entendre, mm-hmm. um, which you know you could see as like making fun of like you know reading too much into you know a man throwing a cheesy line at you um sorry ladies if the worst you've had is cheesy lines thrown at you you're you're doing pretty good i've had way worse than that so um anyways <laughs> uh, but but because of how the movie ended it was definitely a pro pro feminine you know pro third wave from feminism pro you know all women don't need men at all kind of kind of a thing so it you know tr- trying to say oh it was a comedy it was a parody like yeah it was but it also they also meant it okay one thing you were i was thinking about when you're talking about this so Greta Gerwig is the writer director and she's done quite a few films recently that have done really well I remember in Lady Bird, if you haven't seen that film, the audience is basically about a teenage uh, woman who is very rebellious. She goes to a Catholic high school and she kind of rejects religion, her family and all her values. And then it kind of comes full circle where she gradually learns that no, maybe my mom was right about some things and the church was right about some things. And she doesn't really fully embrace, you know, Catholicism or her family's bathroom, but she comes to appreciate and she comes to integrate it in her own life. Is that kind of what this is like in a way, do you think? Is that kind of what Barbie learns about, you know, the feminine mystique or whatever? I'm guessing that the filmmakers I, I would I would guess that Greta Gerwig tried to achieve that. Um, I I can see where maybe she thought she did or she tried, um, but ultimately that's that no she just reinforced, tra- you know. Uh, women need a man like a fi- like a fish needs a bicycle. That's definitely how the film ended. And you know, it's I, I can see where maybe she would have tried to kind of bridge that, but she ultimately didn't. Okay. And so you mentioned this classic line, you know, I mean a man like a fish need a bicycle. We've talked a lot about women in the film, but what does the film have to say about men? You know, if I go see this film, am I gonna learn anything about myself or what my role is with you and you know, the other women in my life. I mean, does this film have something to say for, you know, the opposite sex? Interestingly enough, the, even in their attempts to like make men and the patriarchy not look good, the, I, they, they didn't. Um, because, and, and specifically because of Ken. So Ken's entire motivation is very clear. All he wants is Barbie and it is so endearing. And he's such like a quirky and fun guy. And just the way he fawns over Barbie, like 
plenty of women women I'm sure would be jealous. Okay. So and 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 then like, you know, oh he he institutes the patriarchy in Barbie land and oh oh no. But even that was only to get Barbie's attention. And so it it even in its attempts to paint the patriarchy as bad, it's all because the men, all, all the Kens, all they want is Barbie. And it's like, what, what's, I, I, okay, so you're, you're telling me <laughs> that the patriarchy's motivation is me. I'm their motivation, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm failing to see how that's bad. I, I kind of like myself. I don't know. I I think I'm a, I'm kind of okay. So if the patriarchy's motivation is to get my attention, well, there's one member of the patriarchy over here who has my attention. So I uh, <laughs> I don't I don't know. It was a little confusing. Um and it I mean and and even oh, yeah, even I mean all the the men were kind of silly. Even the, the like the bad guys like Will Ferrell, he's supposed to be the bad guy, but he was kind of silly and you couldn't really hate him. Um, so I'm, it was a little bit confusing and I actually really liked how uh, men were portrayed in the movie, but I, I'm not sure you personally could learn anything about okay. manhood. I, I thought <laughs> um, I'd at least give it the opportunity. So to wrap up this section, you know, Again, you have this long history of Barbie, where she starts out as kind of the first adult doll, you know, as opposed to, say, a baby doll. But then she branches out, and she can be president, and she can be a chef, and, you know, I think there's a, a, you know, she eventually gets siblings, and she gets a boyfriend, and, you know, there's a pregnant Barbie, there's a, you know, a scientist Barbie, then you have all the collectible Barbies, all these sorts of things. But when you get right down to it, you know, what does this film say Barbie is? What is, in that classic question, what is a woman? What is her essence? According to this film, what is a woman here for? What is her purpose? And therefore, what is Barbie's purpose? That was a disappointing ending you know that that was a disap- I, i'm pretty sure if if i'm correct in my assumption on on how the film defines women um it's kind of disappointing um uh there's supposed to be this funny part I mean, I'm major spoilers, plug your ears or skip ahead a few, a minute or so. The movie ends with, with her, the, her owner, you know, the girl playing with her, taking her to the gynecologist. And it's supposed to be like this clever, funny thing. And it kind of is, oh, Barbie doll going to the gynecologist. That's kind of funny. Um, But I'm like, wait, that's it? So she... She goes to the real world mm-hmm. so she can go to the gynecologist and grow old. Like what, what is the purpose of that? Like what, what is, 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 is that all I am? 
Is that her becoming, quote, like, a real boy, like Pinocchio? Exactly. That like... is exactly what I thought of. And in Pinocchio, why does he become a real boy? How does he become a real boy? Heroism, by, by being brave and true and rescuing his father and that sort of thing. He, exactly. He died for his father. What does Barbie do to earn her... Can I keep using anatomically correct terms on it? Yes, for her yeah, vagina. Yeah, yeah. Okay, how, how, what does Barbie do to earn her vagina? She, she goes to the real world and, 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 and pursues herself, learns about herself. That's, that's vain. Uh, it's empty. And I'm pretty sure being a woman is more than a single body part. I mean, that's at least kind of what I've been taught by Barbie herself. Like a woman is more than her body parts. Um, so it's a little confusing. Okay. Um, especially considering another one of the cast members. I won't go into too much detail about, but you know. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's move on. Another main point of controversy, I'm interested, again, because I didn't see this, was who is this really for? Okay. There's obviously a lot of nostalgia in here. I mean, from the trailer, it seemed like not just Barbie, but specifically an 80s version of Barbie, almost, in terms of the neon and the, you know, that sort of thing. Um, now, when you went to see the film, you went with your friends, you know, your women in your early 30s, um, was it mostly women? Were there a few men there? Were there young girls? Was this a family event? Like, what was your experience of how people interpreted who this was for? And then who do you really think should be seeing this film? I saw one family there, um, but the kids were a little bit older. I think the one of them was like, you know, they were like 10, 8, 9. I guess not that much older, but uh, I saw one family there. Most of the people were women, uh, 20s and 30s, and then uh, maybe a handful of, you know, boyfriends, husbands. Okay. Um, now, were the trailers that before the film, were these like, you know, the upcoming Marvel films? Were they, you know, hard art comedies with Jennifer Lawrence, or were they DreamWorks films? Uh, yeah, there was, I remember Trolls and Wish. Um, so the, the trailers were certainly for not, a, I mean, this movie was rated PG-13 and the, the trailers were for, you know, G and PG movies. So do you think this was marketed for perhaps not obviously like preschool, but for, you know, minor women, say 10 to 17? Do you think the producers wanted women like that to go see the film? They it probably was was targeted more at middle school and high school aged girls. Um, I mean, for us, like as soon as they knew a Barbie movie by Greta Gerwig is not going to be for our five year old daughter, no matter how badly she wants to go see it because she passed right, by the poster and she likes Barbie, and it's to her, it's like, well, it's my toy. Why can't I go see this? movie why is it for grown-ups um but it, it probably was like probably the creators intended it to be for like you know middle school and high school girls because they sort of touched on like you know 
those kinds of topics of like growing into a woman kind of a thing. Okay. But do you think this is something that could be, you know, is it appropriate for younger kids? Is it something that's appropriate but would be enjoyed more by older women? Um, such as, you know, yourself in your thirties with kind of thinking back to when you played with toys. How, how did you see the film? Because you saw it in a very specific context, you know? Yeah. Um, so we, I went with my girlfriend and we definitely were like not seeing this movie sober. So we got drinks at the little movie theater bar and we had a fantastic time. Okay, but I, I, I'm not even see the messages it sends. I'm not sure I would want my, you know, like I said, she, it's, it's not a story of self-sacrifice. Um, so, you know, it's a story of selfishness essentially. So I don't know if I'd want my teenage daughter seeing that. Um, so even if the themes are say, problematic um an adult like yourself could sit down with her girlfriend and have a really good time or remember when they played barbies it sounds like that's something still valuable for as a film oh yeah um like i said it probably wouldn't have been as funny if i was sober <laughs> but uh because i'd had a little bit to drink and i was just there i was just i knew i was just there to have a good time you know i wasn't expecting anything more than to have a good time and so, you know, because I bought into it, you know, I, I'm like, okay, I'm here to have a good time. Let's, let's see what happens. I had a great time. Good. Now, it doesn't sound like there's a lot in terms of specifically religious ideas or themes, but I was struck as you were talking that there is a lot of, if you want, metaphysicality. It deals a lot with purpose, with identity, with kind of these existential crises. You have the Barbie world, you have the real world, et cetera. Um, so, again, it seemed like Barbie struggled with, you know, what is a, her purpose and what is the purpose of woman and who a woman is. But if we broaden that a little bit, does this film have anything to tell us about life in general or perhaps the relationship between the sexes or what our journey should be like? Um, this was something that Greta Gerwig, I think, did a little bit in Lady Bird. Um, did you see any of that in this film? Funny you mentioned this. Um, before I saw the movie, I just kind of checked out the soundtrack. And uh, on the soundtrack was a song by Billie Eilish called What Was I Made For? And I, I listened to the song and, you know, on Amazon, you can read the lyrics. and. Um, Gosh, Billie Eilish is such a beautiful singer, and and when they the way they use that song in the movie too was so well done. It was beautiful, um, but it was strange because in the song she's answering the question, and then like it's like yes, yes, this is what Barbie was made for. Wait, no, what are you doing? You're you're like taking that all back now, um, and like like it's kind of saying that it's wrong like barbie as an ideal was like wrong in some way like 
you know, the classic, like, oh, we can't have standards because not everyone can meet the standards. So we don't want people to feel bad. But it's like, no, girls need something to look up to. It's Barbie land is important. You know, e even though girls go out in the real world and things aren't exactly like Barbie land, girls need Barbie land, you know, so they can grow into women and, um, you know, and, and it, yeah, I mentioned at the top of the show that I, I never actually got into, you know, Hollywood and I could have, but it just, it didn't seem important. And especially since I had a kid, it didn't, I'm like, this isn't the life I would want for him. And, and I, I, but I knew I could, you know, it, and, and that actually made it a sacrifice. I actually had something to give up for, to be the mother that I thought my son needed. And, you know, there's always that option to go back, but it would be such a burden on the family. And, and so I, I think it's wonderful to have these Barbies and to have like the ideal of like, Every, what if everything was run by women or, you know, what if women were all the construction workers and what if women, you know, that that's wonderful in Playland and it's okay that it's not reality because then there's that sacrifice. And as long as, you know, women aren't being told, no, you're not allowed to do this because you're a woman, you know, it's well, like going back to the construction worker things, like, you know, driving around town, driving on three way, constantly see construction spikes. Are there any women like operating the heavy machinery? No, but where are the women? They're the flaggers. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, so women are at the construction sites. They're just, you know, doing jobs that they're able to do. So, you know, as, as long as a woman can in fact be anything, including a mother who loves her spouse and who loves her children, then I, I think we're good to go. And girls can do that with Barbie. So I don't, I don't really know why Barbie's having an existential crisis because she's still doing what she's still helping girls become women. So I, I don't know what her, I don't know what the problem is. Okay. So we're going to conclude now. So what's the future of Barbie? How do you see the brand going? How, you know, because it seems like they're trying a lot of new things. They're trying new body sizes. And then, you know, you have recently, I think, uh, Down Syndrome Barbie. And then you have this movie. As the culture ebbs and flows and shifts, you know, our daughter plays with Barbies, you know, and she enjoys making situations and different things. You know, as she grows up, what do you see Barbie being for her? And what do you see growing up that you think is going to help her in her life as she develops? Well, I remember a number of years ago, there was the revolutionary, revolutionary like, non-binary doll. Do you remember this? No. <laughs> oh, Mattel came out with a, 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 a non-gendered doll. So you didn't have to be a boy or a girl. You could be whatever you want. And this thing did not sell. It did not sell. Um, so they came out with it once and then it disappeared quietly into the night. Um, 
And I think that was Mattel's first lesson in go woke, go broke. Um, but the, you know, the Marxists still have it out for Barbie. You know, they still want, you know, everything, everything must be for the cause, right? You know, everything must be for the revolution. But uh, I think with, you know, Bud Light uh, and, and all that, um, I, I, I think Barbie's, Barbie's going to go to the, you know, do, do what's popular, right? Barbie's here to sell dolls. Um, I've seen all kinds of Barbies with disabilities and you know what? I think it's fabulous. Something like that, like having uh, down syndrome Barbie. I was so excited for that. Um, because dolls like that where, you know, that are actually what people actually are not non-gendered, you know, boys or you know people are either boys or girls they're not nothing right so having things that people actually are like the you know the wheelchair barbie there's there's a deaf barbie you know barbie with a you know and 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 um and all the different things that barbie can be like i said construction worker firefighter i love my firefighter barbie doll um that was yeah anyways <laughs> Uh, I, I think Mattel, like I said, has already started learning go go broke. So they're gonna not necessarily play it safe, but you know they're gonna they're gonna you know push the line, see what sells, see what doesn't sell. Um, so I'm I'm actually as as you know woke as the Mattel company is because all companies right now are woke. Uh, a lot of them are rethinking that, but <laughs> I, I think Barbie's actually gonna be. Gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. And we got a good feeling to go with it now. So, any final thoughts? Anything you'd like to conclude with? If you're looking for a good time, this movie's it. Um, I I think you actually would enjoy it. I think you would. Well, I, do. I don't think you would want like necessarily like watching it by yourself. I think you'd feel awful no, if you're by yourself. But... Weird, but when it comes out on streaming, we'll make a night of it. We'll have our own little Barbie party. I don't know. I was a Ninja Turtle guy and a Power Rangers guy. I was never, you know, into that sort of thing. But anyway, thank you so much, dear, for coming on. It was a real pleasure. We'll definitely have to do this again sometime when there's uh, another film that I, I think you could... Uh, Maybe the next Greta Gerwig movie. Yeah, <laughs> next Greta Gerwig movie, whatever it is. I mean, who knows? You know, you got uh, Snow White. She's making that. Oh, and then you have Liam Dunham adapting Polly Pocket. So there's all these great wait, films for you to see. Wait, was Greta Gerwig doing Snow White? She co-wrote. She's not. Oh, writer. brother. Anyway. Okay. We'll see. What you you mean Snow time. White and the six regular sized people in one dwarf? Uh, <laughs> we'll see. There are lots of good movies coming out, and I'm hopeful that we'll get to do this again. So thank you for stopping by. Ah, uh, you're welcome. All right, let's close with prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Dear Lord, thank you so much for all the blessings in our life, especially for Violet, uh, the love of my life, who I'm so happy to share this world and this adventure with. I ask you to please bless our audience and everybody else out there, especially any women who are struggling with who they are or what their role in society is. Lord, just please send your Holy Spirit upon them to bless them and know that they are loved. And no matter where they are, whatever their situation is, that they have Mary to help them and all of the saints throughout the ages. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.